We all got it? Second Chronicles chapter 26. I listen to it in Sunday school lessons are coming out. Alrighty. We're talk, I want to talk to you this morning about Uzziah. So we're going to read from verse 26, verse 1. It says, All the people of Judah had crowned Amaziah's 16-year-old son Uzziah as king and place as his father. After his father's death, Uzziah rebuilt the town of Elath and restored it to Judah. And Uzziah was 16 years old. Who's 16 here? Isaiah, you're 16. (laughs) Are you the only 16-year-old in the room? Right. Imagine if Isaiah suddenly was crowned king. (laughs) Would you like that? You wouldn't like it. Good job. Step up. That's right. I'm not going to ask you. (laughs) Yeah, why not? Why not? Exactly. Uzziah was 16 when he became king and he reigned in Jerusalem 52 years. That's a long time. I know our queen has been 60 years, just gone 60 years. So 52 years. And back then, when they were king, they governed everything. It wasn't just, you know, separate from the politics. They governed everything. The army, the, the, um, the money, the political, everything was governed by King Uzziah. And um, his mother, well, blah, blah, blah. He, said he, did what was his, he did what was pleasing in the Lord's sight just as his father had done. And Uzziah sought God during the days of Zechariah, who taught him to fear God. And as long as the king sought guidance from the Lord, God gave him success. If you have a pen, or you can put a note on your phone, note that in verse 5. As long as the king sought guidance from the Lord, God gave him success. And that's actually what I want to talk about this morning is, you know, Uzziah is a 16-year-old guy and he'd had a good dad who'd raised him in the things of the Lord and he was a good king. And so Uzziah became king at 16 and he did what was pleasing in the Lord's sight. But the Bible does give us a key, and that was in verse 5, of how he was able to be a good king. And it was that he sought God during the days of Zechariah. Now, Zechariah was a prophet and he would have taught um, Uzziah about what the law of the Lord said and, the, you know, the five books that would have been written by Moses, so the law of Moses. He would have taught him, this is what the Lord says to do. This is what he says to, to behave like. This is what he, how he says to worship. And so he would have been taught by Zechariah and he would have read those books, just like we have the Bible, the, where they had the first five books of the Bible. And so they would have followed, he would have followed those five books. And as long as the king sought the guidance from the Lord by reading the word, by, by listening to Zechariah, because Zechariah would have visions and dreams from the Lord, and he would go and tell the king and the leaders. And they, he would say, thus saith the Lord, because he was a prophet, and that's how they'd hear. And um, as long as he sought guidance from the king, and from, the, from the king of kings, as long as he sought guidance from the Lord and, and listened to the prophets, he had good success and he prospered. And um, he was a hardworking, he was actually a really cool guy. He, he was very inventive. If you read the rest of the chapter, it talks about how he built wells and he brought water in and, um, and watered all the crops and everything. And he was quite an inventor and a visionary leader. He organised all the army a certain way and he won battles because of it. So he, was, he, was, he, he got successful and prosperous because God gave him inventive ideas and creative ideas for the problems he had as a king. 
And um, so it wasn't by his own effort or genius. It was actually the Lord would speak to him and, to, and give him creative ideas. And he continued to seek God in the days of Zechariah and he, and he prospered. And so, and actually, if you look in the Hebrew, the word seek, one of the meanings from seek, the idea is that you would go to a frequent place, frequent a certain place and beat a path underfoot. So if you think about seeking God, it's that you go so frequently to God that you beat a well-trodden path to him so that it's like that's the way to go. And when we think about seeking God, that's actually what he wants us to be, that we're so used to, right, what do we do? We go to him. And the pathway is so well-trodden under our feet that we know where to go. You know, sometimes I, I actually have to really practice taking out of our vocabulary, I, I don't know what to do. How often do you think, I just don't know what to do? I don't know what to do here. You come to a problem and it's like, I don't know what to do. But when we, you know, if we took from what Uzziah did, and he was prosperous for 52 years as king, and his armies and, and inventive creative ideas and solutions for his life and his leadership is that he beat a well-trodden path to seek after God. And that's what God wants for us too, is that he wants us that we would seek him and have such a, this is what I do. I don't know what to do here. I don't know what my day should be like. I've got a problem in my family and my business, you know, the, the politics around me or, or things that we face every day. And he wants it to be that that's what you do. You seek me. You seek my word. You seek my face. You seek my presence. When the, when the Bible says in the Old Testament that they sought his face, they're talking about that he, they would seek his presence. You know, God wants us to know his presence, not that it's just a mental thing, but that we actually are aware of his presence. And that's why often I say to you, where can you feel God's presence today? Right now, where do you feel him? Just pause for a minute. Where do you sense his presence? Is it here around your shoulders? Is it above your head? Is it up here? It's like we, he wants us to be practiced and being able to turn into his presence. Because if we can do that in our everyday private life, when we're out in our jobs and we've got pressure on us, if we just know, hang on a minute, I'm just going to seek his face, I'm going to seek his presence and turn into him, then we're going to know what to do. And we won't make as many mess-ups. <laughs> yeah. So God wants us to seek him. And uh, when we do that, he says that he'll give us good success. All through the, all through the word it says that. You know, Isaiah, he followed Solomon's counsel. In Proverbs 3, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. But how often do we? How often we face our day and we don't pause and we don't seek God's presence, we don't seek his counsel, and instead we lean on our own understanding, our own knowledge, our own wisdom, and we leave God out of it. And then we wonder why it's not as good as it could be or we don't have that peace because we're trying to do things in our own strength because we can. We're amazing human beings. We have an amazing brain. We can do things to a certain extent in our own strength but it's not going to be as good as if we lean into Jesus and, know, and, and trust in him. Don't lean on your own understanding but in all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Because often our path is not straight when we lean on our own understanding. We hit roadblocks. We, it's like Amy said before, we're in a maze and we keep on hitting things. And it's like, but God says that he will lead and guide us. And he wants it to be that he would just be able to guide us with his eye. 
No, I talk to the, the kids tease me because they know I'm like, and some of them are better at than others where I'll just raise my eyebrow. And it's like, they know straight away. Isaac's very good at it. He's like, mum, watch your eyebrows. It's like, but that's what God actually, that he can just look and you know. But it's a condition of our heart and where they were seeking his presence. It's so easy to be led when he can just look at us though. Yeah? When you're going through the day or, or you've, you've got a business deal or you've, you're at work or school or wherever or work with the kids at home and it's like just lean into his presence. Don't lean on your own understanding to how to deal with things. But we're so independent and God wants us to be interdependent in him. So Uzziah, he was successful because he followed and acknowledged God and, and um, sought his counsel. <coughs> and, um, and, and later you see that, that Isaiah, or Isaiah, when you see that, he actually tells the people off after Uzziah died because he said you, they were consulting mediums and spiritists. And he said, shouldn't you not be people who consult God? You know, we often, we seek everybody else except God. We talk to this person about a problem. We, we you know, and, and if you're outside of understanding about how the spiritual realm um, works, people look at their tarot cards and they look at the um, star signs and all those things. And it's so common and they might not be totally into it, but they'll flick to those pages because they're seeking, they're wanting, they're wanting spiritual wisdom, but they don't want to sp- seek the ultimate spiritual wisdom. Yeah, because then they might have to actually do what he says. Yeah? It's easy to flick to the star sign because you don't really need to do what anybody else says. But when we seek God, when you seek him, what's the point if you're not going to do what he says? So it's, you know, it's easier. And that's why people do it. But Isaiah actually said, he's told them off and he said, why are you consulting these mediums? Should you not be people who consult their God? And so when we want to be wise and when we want to have success... And seek the Lord, he says, take the time to do that. And don't consult everybody else. How often do you go to God first? Through your day, how often do you go to somebody else first? Or do you take it to God first? How often when you're faced with an issue, do you sit there worrying about it for an hour before you take it to God in prayer? That's Philippians 4 says, don't worry about anything, don't worry about anything, but Take it to God in prayer, everything. And it's actually, it's a spiritual discipline that we, that we, that we discipline our hearts and our minds to take everything to God in prayer and to, and to seek his face first. So this week I really encourage you, <clears throat> before you get in the little worry, flurry, hurry, scurry moment, stop and go, God, I'm going to seek your face about this. I'm not going to lean on my own understanding. I'm not going to go running around talking to 10 other people before I pray about it. I'm actually going to stop and I'm going to seek your face. Because if we want to have good success, if we want to be prosperous, if we want to be led in the, in the amazing path that God has for us and have the life that we read about in his word, we've actually got to be people who seek his face. Because otherwise, you're going to see what is possible when you read this book, but never, ever have it in your own life. We have a choice every day. As you know, when, when Moses, he spoke the law, he put them on two mountaintops and he said, you have a choice. You know, you have a choice whether you go God's way or, uh, or your own way. And he says, choose this day who you will follow. Will you follow God's way or will you follow your own way or the world's way? And God wants us to be people who follow him. 
And it's, and it's a choice we make every day. It's not just, you know, when we put a hand up. It's not when we just get baptised. It's not when everything is going well. It's will you follow him even when the pressure's on? Will you follow him even when he asks you to do a hard thing? Will you follow him when he asks you to give up something that you actually, your flesh might want? Or that you can reason away, but, oh, surely God means this. Will you follow him when he asks you to give up a relationship that you actually don't want to or you're scared that you're not going to have one better? Will you follow him when he says change jobs or give? I want you to give to that person. You're like, God, that's the last $10 I have in my wallet. Will you follow his leading or will you do things your own way? Yeah? And we, and we can, we can kind of – God will let us string ourselves out. He'll let us do our own thing and he'll be waiting, but we waste a lot of time and a lot of energy doing things our own way, and he will. He'll just let the rope out and go, here go, and he won't let us hang ourselves, but we can do some damage, yeah, because we're not following. And then we get mad at God and say, God, why aren't I having the life that that person has? Well, you need to just follow me and the path I have for your life. Don't look over there. Don't look at them. Look at me and the path I have for you because everybody's path is different. Yeah, And I mean, I fall into this all the time. I was talking to somebody this week and they're telling me how somebody had been given this amazing property, a massive property, and they and they're a church and it's like, God, you do remember me down here, don't you? I had a little hissy. I was like, excuse me, I've been around a long time doing this. And they got given this $5 million property and I'm like, Puh. I did. I'll, I'll confess, I spat it. I was like, that is not cool, God. Yeah, they didn't even know what to do with it. <laughs> and it's like, here I am, God. And he just went, shh. <laughs> he shushed me. <laughs> yeah, but we can. If we look to the right and we look to the left instead of looking right at him, we're going to start to compare ourselves and then we're not going to be willing to do what God says. You know, if Uzziah had looked around him at the other nations, he would have been tempted to do what they did and it would have got him into trouble. And so when we're seeking God, we've got to really purpose in our hearts and deal with our issues in our heart. And one of them is that we do attempt to compare our lives to others and that can make us not wanting to be willing and obedient. But the word says if we're willing and obedient, we will have the good of the land. Sometimes we're willing. Sometimes we're just, just willing and not obedient. Sometimes we're obedient but we're not very willing. But it actually God is quite purposeful in saying if you are willing – and obedient, because we can be one or the other. I'm obedient, very happy about it. <laughs> yeah? Or we can say, yes, yes, God, and he goes, okay, do this, and we go, oh, no, sorry. Yeah? If you're willing and obedient, you'll have the good of the land. And uh, that's what Uzziah did for most of his reign. Unfortunately, and there's something that we need to watch, is when we prosper, when God starts to bless us, if you read in verse 16 of that chapter, it says that Uzziah had become powerful and he also became very proud, and which led to his downfall. He sinned against the Lord as God by entering the temple and personally burning incense at the altar, which was a job that only the priests could do. And when the priest confronted him, he actually became furious and really angry at the priest and instantly he was covered with leprosy. And the priest ushered him out and for the rest of his days he, he was a leper and he had to live in a separate house. And he, did, he obviously did not repent because when you see through the word, when people repented, often they were healed. 
But Uzziah obviously had a total hissy fit and didn't get over it and didn't deal with the pride in his heart because God had blessed him so much. And that's something we need to watch is, yes, when we follow God's ways, he will bless us, he will prosper us. But if we let pride rise up in our hearts, it's going to cause us to stumble. When we start to think, I'm better than them, we, I deserve this, I should be able to go into the temple. I should be able to do whatever I want when it comes to God. And that's what he did. And he, even when confronted, because God does give us opportunity to get ourselves sorted out, but even when confronted by the priests of God who, was, who were like, hey, hang on a minute, guy, you're doing the wrong thing here. Get out of here. He got furious at them. So God gave him opportunity and he had a hissy fit. And because of that, a curse came on him. And he was a leper for the rest of his days, which meant he didn't repent. He didn't deal with his heart attitude. And so we've got to watch when watch our heart attitude and that we're, when we're seeking God and he starts to bless and prosper us, that we don't let pride in. Because God opposes the proud, opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Yeah? So I just want to run through a couple of things that are very practical about how to seek God. Now, I printed off here, if you Google... I love Google. If you Google seek the Lord, you'll actually come up with over a hundred scriptures all that talk about seeking God. Here they are. Look, there's a lot of them. Yeah? When God repeats himself like that, what do you think he's trying to do? Get his point across. When I repeat myself to my kids, I'm trying to get the point across. I never repeat myself to Philip. He just gets it first time. (laughs) <laughs> don't you honey <laughs> yep yes ma'am <laughs> Isaac's been in Texas with our friend Devin and he goes he, he, he goes yes ma'am to his wife <laughs> he actually says yes ma'am <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> hey Tam <laughs> um, but when God repeats himself like that and even just googling very quickly seek the Lord there was over a hundred verses about seeking God so it's important God wants us to seek him he just doesn't want us to be blindly going along he doesn't want us to just you know very lackadaisical about our relationship with him he actually wants us to purpose in our hearts every day the moment we open our eyes that we're seeking God God what do you want for me to do today where do you want me to go who do you want me to speak to and just to seek him you know I just want to I just want to seek your presence Lord, that I would see your face, that I would know you more and the wonders of your person. You know, and the Psalms are awesome because David, he was a man after God's own heart. He sought God's face. You know, he'd be out there worshipping and he just, he just wanted to please God. And, and that's what God wants for us, that we would know him. You know, David wrote in First Chronicles 16 verse 11, search for the Lord and for his strength continually seek him. Search for God. You know, he, he likes to hide himself sometimes, not so that he can be mean, but so that you will look for him. You know, sometimes you'll have a dream and, and, and I'll say to people, you know, God, he likes, he likes to keep things a mystery so that you'll actually look for him, that he would know that you want to know him, that you want him. Yeah, so he'll, he'll, he'll keep things a little bit hidden so that you'll go fossicking around and, it's not, and then he'll go, oh, here it is. But, you know, if we're just like, oh, it's there, if somebody's just there and, oh, yeah, they're always there and, and, um, and I can take or leave them, well, we can be a little bit offhand, can't we? And we can be offhand with God. We can do that in relationships. We can be like a bit offhand. And, and it's like God wants us to be honouring him. And, wow, God wants to spend time with me today. 
the God of the universe, the creator of heaven and earth, actually wants to speak to me today. And not to just be dismissive with him. And that's why he says, if you search for him with all your heart, you will find him. You know, he's a lover of our soul, but he wants us to love him and want to know him and be with him. Just like if you were interested in somebody, you, you, you want them to want to be with you. Yeah? And not to be like, oh, take it or leave it. You know, oh, they'll be there waiting. And we can be like that with God. They'll be there waiting when I feel like it. No. That's not how we talk to God. That's not how we treat God. But how often do we do that? Ah, I'm busy, God. I'll catch you later this evening when I've done everything else. How many do that? But he says, if you seek me in the morning and the last thing at night and all through the day. Yeah? So Hebrews 11.6 says, anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely or diligently seek him. God actually rewards us when we seek him out. And the rewards are pretty cool. It's his presence, it's his power, it's his blessings. He says he rewards those who diligently seek him. So if you want the rewards of heaven, seek him out. Seek him out not for the reward, but seek him for he is the rewarder, but he is the one we seek out. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart, Jeremiah 29. So these are some things of how we can seek God. Not to be prescriptive, but if you're thinking, well, how do I do that? I'm a bit stuck. I just wrote down a couple of things. All right, humble yourself. It's very hard to come to God and to seek his face if you think you know it all. If you think, oh, well, whatever. Humble yourself. His eyes down forwards is pride and God gives grace to the humble and opposes the proud. So humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. Deal with your rubbish. Deal with your sin. Deal with your offense. Deal with your unforgiveness. Deal with the stuff that holds you back from God. Because he's not, being, he's not holding himself back from you, but you can separate yourself from him by holding stuff in the way. So much clutter in our hearts that when God speaks, when God reveals himself, it will not sink in. It'll just flow off because there's so much rubbish there. It's like trying to grab hold of this precious stuff that God has when we're dragging around all these rubbish bags. What are you going to do? Drop the rubbish bag and grab hold of the precious stuff. So humble yourself, deal with your sin, forgive others. We can't come in and seek God's face and, and, and experience his presence if we are walking in unforgiveness. The Bible is pretty clear about unforgiveness. He says, if you will not forgive your brother, then he, the, your father in heaven cannot forgive you. Unforgiveness is a hot potato. We've got to watch our hearts and guard them with all diligence. If we, if we walk in unforgiveness and offense, it will cause a root of bitterness to grow into our life, and that is a nasty little sucker. It will steal anything good out of your life. It will cause sickness to come in. The root of bitterness starts with the spirit of offense and unforgiveness. So you've got to walk in forgiveness. And Father can't forgive us if we will not forgive others. It's pretty clear in the word. It's an ouchy verse, but it's in black and white there. So we've got to walk in forgiveness. It's not about how somebody else responds to us. It's about how we respond to them. Yeah? So what, whatever they're doing, that does not matter. The Lord isn't in, doesn't care about that. He cares about the condition of our hearts and our relationship with him. So just you choose to forgive. You, we give people control over our lives, and they're probably not even thinking about us, but we're going at them, and it's like we're hurting ourselves and we're hurting our blessing and prosperity and success in life because we are holding unforgiveness. 
We've got to watch it. Now, when we take communion, that's why. You take it every day. Take it, you know, on Sundays. That's an ideal time to check the attitude of your heart and to go, do I have any unforgiveness, offence, hurt in my life? I just need to let it go. And when it tries to sneak back in, I've forgiven them. I choose to walk in love. And it's a discipline of our spirit. It's actually a spiritual discipline. Yeah? So, deal with sin, forgive others. Then put the word first. Seek God When you seek God, you have to actually choose to obey God or there's not much point. If you're not going to put the word first and what he says, then what is the point of seeking his face? Now, there's a little post on the the internet. It's like, you know, you want to hear from God, but if you're not going to do what he says, what's the point? So put what God says first. If he says it, do it. If you read it and the Holy Spirit speaks and said, that's for you, do it. If you read it and just this is a way to live, do it. You know, if you want to be wise, read Proverbs. Proverbs is a great book of wisdom. Start at the start and read it for a year. You'll be wiser at the end of the year. It tells you how to walk as a young man. It tells you to walk as a woman. It's like a book of wisdom. Yeah? So put the word first. You don't know what God says, read it. If you don't know what you're supposed to be doing, read it. I Google if I've got a problem, I'll Google da 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 this thing and it'll come up with a whole heap of verses and I'll say, Lord, speak to me. And, you know, there's a rhema word, which is a living word, where the Holy Spirit will get it and bang, it'll hit your heart. And then there's a logos word, which is a written word. It's like that is a, a general word that is still God's word and we've got to follow it. Don't be picking and choosing and say, oh, God didn't speak to me. If it's there, that's for you. Don't be silly. Oh, no, God, God didn't mean that. If it says... That's it. It says forgive. It says give. It says don't sleep around. It says don't get drunk. It says these things. It says don't be unequally yoked. It says these things for a reason so that we would walk in them. So don't go, oh, well, doc, I didn't feel it. Piffle. <laughs> it's not about feeling. It's about what God says. God says it, we do it. That's it. God says it, we do it. And if you don't read this book, you won't know what God says and you'll be led up the garden path because our hearts are very good at deceiving us. You go, oh, God, I'm just seeking you and you never pick up this thing, you're going to be deceived. The devil waits for opportune time to get us. Yeah, so we've got to put the word first. What do we do? Put the word first, yeah? Put the word first and make it your priority. Don't know what God says? Read it. Don't understand a situation, Google it. You're allowed to do that. Use the technology. Wait upon God. Trust the Lord with all your heart and don't lean on your own understanding. This is something that I've actually learned the hard way. So I'm going to give you this for free. Prosper your soul. Prosper your soul. Yeah? Prosper your soul. It says in 1 John that you would would, – now it's totally gone out of my head – May you prosper and be in good health even as your soul prospers. When we prosper our souls, when we prosper our hearts and our minds and our emotions, because our spirit is always zinging. If you're walking with the Lord and you know, you just, you know him, your spirit is alive. You are born again. Your spirit gets born again and you're zinging all the time. It's our soul that, that gets hit. So we've got to prosper our soul because when we do that, we'll be in good health and, and everything will be well with us. That's what prosper means, everything being well with you. Who has everything in their life been well? Absolutely everything. Well, then you need to prosper your soul more. 
Yeah, we need to prosper ourselves. So the beautiful things around us at God's, God's creation, the food we eat, the scenery, everything around us, they are actually on-ramps to heavenly places. They are on-ramps to prospering our soul. Learn what prospers your soul. Because when we do that, you will feel God's presence. I was talking to somebody this week and I had a word for them and it was like, I think you need to prosper your soul. And they came back to me and they said, I, I felt God's presence. I said, yeah, that's because you prospered your soul. When we prosper your, our souls, it, we feel God's presence. Yeah? So find joy. Be careful what you're looking at, what you're listening to, what you're thinking on. It's actually a discipline. Philippians 4 says, Whatever is true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Watch what you're thinking about. You want to seek God's face, you want to know his presence, watch what you're thinking about. Colossians says, set your mind on heavenly things. This isn't rocket science, but we don't do it enough. If we seek God's face, we've got to watch our hearts, humble ourselves, deal with our sin, don't be offended, forgive others, prosper your soul, look for the beautiful things, think upon the things that are good and lovely and true and worth going, yes, about. Because I tell you what, there's a whole lot of muck out there that is not worth going yay about. But if we focus our attention and look for the beautiful things, look for the great things, look for the stuff that God is doing, there is awesome stuff happening around the place. There is, there is miracles happening every day. There is God touching people's life every day. There's people being healed every day. There's people being renewed and restored every day. There's things happening around the world that are amazing, that God is speaking every day. But if we go looking for the muck, we will find it. Why are you looking for the muck when there is so much good? Why are you looking down here when he says, set your mind on heavenly things? Why are you looking for the offence when there's so much beautiful stuff? Because our flesh goes for the rubbish because that's our old life and you've got to stick that hag down in the bit ground again and bury it. Say, stay down there, you ugly thing. Yeah? We look for the trouble because that's the enemy going, nah, 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 nah. and he'll come at you and he'll hit your weak point. So if you get offended... If you get angry, if you get fed up, if you get upset easily, he's going to nail that thing all the time and just push your button. So you have to be guarding your heart. Above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. So if you know you get angry, then deal with what it is that is causing you to be angry. Take the time to, to consider what is causing you to be so that you can't seek God because these are the things that pull us out. Deal with that stuff. Because if we don't, it catches up with us. You know, if you look at all the scientific studies and, and how our brains and our bodies work, if we don't deal with the stuff, it will eventually catch up with us. If we don't deal with our anxiety, with our unforgiveness, it actually causes toxins in our brain that our brains are not designed to, happen, to be able to handle. And that's why there's crazy amounts of Alzheimer's and dementia. The neuroscientists are saying that brains are not designed to handle those toxins of unforgiveness and anxiety and stress. And you might be saying, oh, well, but I caution you, deal with your heart, deal with what's going on in here. That's why the word is very clear about it. Above all else, guard your heart because out of it everything flows. Think upon those things that are true and lovely and beautiful and worthy of praise. Because then your brain and then your mind is going to operate as it should for all of your life. For all of our life. Yes? And we would have the best of the land. Last one is cast all your burdens. Cast all your burdens on him. 
because he cares for you. Seeking God is not a hard thing. He doesn't hide from us. We hide from him plenty. He doesn't hide from us. But he says, if you seek me, you'll find me if you seek me with all your heart. And these things are just things that I know to do. Make sure you humble yourself. Make sure you're dealing with the muck in your heart. Make sure that you're prospering your soul. Because if all you've got around you is negative stuff, it's very hard to come above the light line. Cast all your burdens because otherwise I'll pull you out again of his presence. And he says, if you seek me, you'll, I will be there. You'll be found by me. You know, a hundred verses about seeking God. I think he's yelling it loud and clear. What are you going to do every day? Seek the Lord and his strength and his presence continually. Matthew 6.33, you know it, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. What are you going to do? Seek. And when you seek him, when he talks, what are you going to do? Yeah, don't be just hearers of the word, but be doers of it too. And then when we come together, when you've been seeking him all through the week, when you've been seeking his face and doers of what he says, that's when there's just a synergy happens in the atmosphere and bang, stuff happens. If you're bored with your walk, there's a reason. If you're weighed down and you're thinking, oh, it's just a bit like, uh, there's a reason. Look at your heart, look at what you're doing, look at what you're thinking about and seek him. And then he'll make your way prosperous. Amen? All right, let's pray. Lord, I just thank you that you are such a good God and that you, you desire us to know you fully, Lord. And we just ask for your forgiveness where we've been offhanded with you, where we have known what we should do but we're refusing to do it, where we're knowing where we should give up habits or things that we've been doing and yet we refuse to. Lord, I pray that you would really work in our hearts this week, even now, that we would make that decision to follow you with all our hearts. Jesus, you gave up so much for us so that we might have joy abundantly. But so often we miss that joy because we're trying to do things in our own strength, in our own way, and we can be so stubborn. And so, Father, I pray that you would forgive us and help us, Lord. But most of all, we just take this time to surrender afresh to you. Lord, that when you speak, that we will listen and do. That when you just look our direction, that we would be sensitive enough to your presence to pick up what you're saying. Holy Spirit, that you would prompt us and remind us to read the word and to turn again into your presence. And pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.